Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 51 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. It's time for the first round of finals, and I want to dig into the games this week. We've got four of them coming at us. Before I do that, though, there's one thing I wanted to touch on. I want to look at a couple news items, but I also wanted to mention to you that I am in the process right now of migrating all of my podcast episodes over to my YouTube page. It's listed under my name, Craig Wessels, and uh, it'll have the podcast logo up at the top. Uh, this is something I've been wanting to get accomplished for quite some time, and I've got, I think, 24 out of the 50 episodes that are now uploaded onto YouTube. You'll still be able to find my podcast on all of the podcast hosting sites. None of that's changing. I'm just adding it to one more additional location, hopefully giving me another avenue to bring in more listeners to the podcast. So... I wanted to jump into a handful of uh, news stories this week. I've got a couple of them I wanted to dig into, and then we'll dive into the uh, my tips for the finals this week. And I, I read a couple articles that I thought were interesting, and one of them uh, dealt with the, the idea of people wanting to get to the grand final who don't actually live in Queensland. And evidently there are people who are making that effort to do just that. So we'll see how that works out for them. And... Uh, what they're having to go through in order to do this sounds just a little crazy to me. But with the pandemic having gone on and going on, people have been locked down. They've been locked in their communities, having to stay within five miles or five kilometers, I'm sorry, of home, especially if you live in, in Victoria. But since the Northern Territories opened their borders back in, uh, I believe, the 17th of July, They've had roughly 90,000 people who have headed into the Northern Territories. And I don't know if they're just trying to get out, get away, go on vacation, whatever. But they've had a huge influx of people. And I think you're going to start seeing many more people beginning to do that here in the next few days or the next week or so. Because people who are hoping to go to the Grand Final are not able to make the jump from Victoria, and I don't believe New South Wales either, directly into Queensland. They're having to go into the Northern Territories first in order to quarantine. So what the Northern Territories has done is they've allowed people to come in and quarantine there, but there are some pretty hefty restrictions upon them. First off is the cost. It's running about $2,500 for, for people to stay at the location where they are. And it doesn't exactly sound like the Four Seasons or a resort of any sort of uh, situation either. Uh, you know, if people are planning on going, they've got to get into the, uh, into Queensland after having quarantined. So that's what, 14 days is what they're saying. So what's happening right now is that you've had people flying into Darwin and then they're being escorted under guard to Howard Springs, which from what I read is about 30 kilometers away from Darwin. And they're going to be housed there in something called a secure workers village. Now, if that doesn't have just a little bit of a Soviet connotation to it, something that Nikita Khrushchev would have loved, I think. A secure workers' village. That doesn't exactly scream four-star meals, huge heated pool, beautiful 36-hole golf course. I think it says it's gray. Maybe there's bars on the windows. Uh, there might be a television with one channel. And who knows what they're showing. I have no idea. Um, whatever program people would hate to have to watch on repeat in Australia, 
that's what would be airing. Uh, and they're they're being housed there. They're getting their three meals a day. The workers at the uh, at the secure workers village are showing up in their N95 masks and their other protective gear, uh, providing the food. They're getting uh, their bedding changed once a fortnight. Before they're allowed to leave, they have to pass a COVID test before they're allowed to depart to head into Queensland for hopes of getting into the grand final. Because again. Things could happen in Queensland that would possibly limit the ability to actually host a game there. And again, knock on wood that nothing ever, nothing happens. But here's the kicker. Are you sitting down? And uh, this might be a deal breaker for some people. No alcohol. It said there's no alcohol of any kind at the Secure Workers Village. So you're going to have to go through, if you're somebody who enjoys a fine glass of wine, you know, a little bit of uh, scotch, maybe a little bit of soda mixed in there after dinner, or a brandy, or a Victoria Bitters, whatever the case may be, they're not going to be available to you. Now, I'm not much of a drinker. I don't have much of a tolerance for alcohol. So while this wouldn't necessarily be a deal breaker, you know, I do enjoy a beer once in a while. Uh, this would be tough, I think, for me. And it might be impossible for some folks. But if you want to get to the grand final, if you believe your club has a chance of being there, and especially if it's a Victorian-based club, you're going to have to figure out how are you going to be able to quarantine outside of Victoria with the hopes of getting into Brisbane and getting a ticket to get into the finals. That would really stink. If And again, you're having to pay for this all yourself. It would really stink if you went through the whole process of getting the uh, the quarantine, getting a clean bill of health, and getting into Brisbane, and you couldn't get a ticket. That'd be just awful. That would be terrible if that happened. I I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I could could deal with that. Now, a couple of other things I wanted to get into over the tips this week. Uh, clubs have started to announce their best and fairest for this year. Uh, Adelaide has announced that Riley O'Brien... Beat out Rory Sloan by one vote, 81 to 80. And uh, if I had told you at the beginning of the year that uh, Riley O'Brien would be winning the best and fairest for the Crows. Now, I know most of us didn't expect the Crows to have a great season. They played hard. I think the future is bright in Adelaide. They've got some great young players. They've got a lot of great energy there. I think that's going to bode well for them in the future. But if you, you thought at the beginning of the year, Riley O'Brien, hey, isn't this the guy that, that had a broken cell phone and mistakenly sent his uh, game plans on how to deal with Nick Nat to Nick Nat? Yeah, that's him. And uh, maybe maybe he should uh, send a thank you note to, to Nick Nat Nui for the new phone which might have been the tool that helped put him over the top and, and maybe just the, the acceptance that he got from Nick Natanui because, you know, some players could have definitely taken what was said in, you know, on those, those documents that, that ended up being leaked. They could have taken them the wrong way. Nick Natanui took it the right way, dealt with it professionally, admirably. It was, it was great to see. And Riley O'Brien was a benefit of that. He is Adelaide's best and fairest for the year. Now, had Tom Duday stayed healthy all year, it's a good possibility he might have won that award because he had a phenomenal year on defense. He had a phenomenal year in defense until he got hurt towards the end of the season. So it's a little sad that he wasn't able to, you know, to 
to be in the top 10 there. But congratulations to Riley O'Brien for winning that. And again, Nick Knapp might want to get a little bit of a uh, an award, or at least a, uh, oh, I don't know, a, a gift card to Hungry Jacks for, uh, for sending him the new phone. Uh, the Bombers, they named Jordan Ridley as the winner. He outpaced uh, Zach Merritt by 25 votes. Now, their votes were in the hundreds. So that 25 vote is a lot different than the 81 to 80 vote there. Um, he won the Crichton Medal for the Bombers. Gold Coast had a very close vote. They had three players that were within 12 votes of each other. Sam Collins had 339, Tuke Miller 335, and Jared Watts 327. So Collins was named Gold Coast's club champion for 2020. And again, I think Gold Coast is a team that's going to push its way a little further up the ladder next year as well. Are they going to make finals? I don't know. I think they've got a good opportunity to do that, maybe. I think they're going to definitely be a vastly improved club as long as they stay healthy. Now, I already called it several weeks ago. I do think Fremantle plays finals next year. Okay, I, I'm sticking with that. Of course, I'm going to have to remember that when I make my predictions for 2021, but I think Fremantle plays finals next year. Gold Coast might be pushing for it. Who knows? Uh, Melbourne, they named Christian Petraka as their best and fairest. Uh, he won the Keith Bluey Truscott medal, and he beat Steve, Stephen May by 385 votes to 362 votes. Now, that's a pretty close vote for the best and fairest for, for the Ds. And when you think about it, much of the media spent the year talking about Christian Petraka arguably being one of the best, if not the best player in the comp. So does that mean Stephen May is up there towards the top as well since he finished so close to him in the best and, fa- best and fairest? I don't know. But it was a close vote for the Ds. You know, congratulations to Christian Petraka for that. And, uh, you know, the rest of the teams have not announced their best and fairest yet. They haven't had those awards as of yet. Uh, those clubs not playing finals had the opportunity to uh, to make those decisions and hand out those awards already. Now, one last little news item I wanted to get to before I, I jump into my tips for this week. And that is that the... Uh, I did read an article that stated that the the AFL Players Association CEO, Paul Marsh, has said that he thinks it might not be a bad idea to extend the season next year beyond the traditional 22 rounds. Okay, at least to schedule that in hopes of playing 2022. Who knows what good Sir COVID is going to do next year. Let's hope that this pandemic, you know, I want to to give it a... uh, I want to apply to apply to it some sort of a descriptive derogatory term to it, but it, it's an inanimate object for all intents and purposes. There's not a single thing that I can direct it at. This goddamn pandemic that we're dealing with here, hopefully it's gone next year. Hopefully it's been eradicated and everything can get back to some semblance of normalcy. Whether it's footy, whether it's any aspect of your life, just being able to go out for a walk six kilometers from your house at nine o'clock at night. I'm hoping that that sort of thing's able to happen. But Paul Marsh has said he thinks maybe it's not a bad idea to go beyond 22 rounds. Um, the league is looking for ways to try to generate more money after this, you know, financially catastrophic season. This is a season that, you know, from a finance standpoint, the, the, the league, the competition has taken an absolute beating. They've had to take out loans in order to survive. They're going to need to figure out how to recoup that money at some point in time. And if they have to play 24, 26 rounds, I, I don't know what they're looking at. I haven't seen anything definitive as of yet. 
but if they're able to have more games or they're able to charge more admission to games, then that's probably what they're going to do. Now, again, we then run into, you know, the issue of do we have extended lists if there are more games being played? Um, do we, you know, end up with skewed statistics in terms of, like, league records if players, you know, have been playing for a long time and they're pursuing records that other players have not been able to play the, rec- the same number of games, that type of thing. You run into the little asterisks. Well, this player played 28 games in this season. Well, this player only had a chance to play 22. The NFL has gone through that for years. They used to play a 12-game schedule, and they went up to a 14. Now they're at a 16. There's talk about playing an 18-game schedule in the future and getting rid of the exhibition games at the beginning of the season, the practice games. They didn't have any practice games this year, and, uh, well, some teams have looked really good despite that. Okay, so they're you know they're trying to find a happy medium in terms of the number of games, as well as the length of each quarter. Now, if they add more games, it's I think it's a safe bet to say they're not going to go back to the twenty minute quarters. Maybe they go to eighteen minutes. Maybe they cut out eight minutes a game, instead of the sixteen minutes a game that they cut out. Okay, maybe they go that route, and they cut out eight out of eighty. They take ten percent away. Instead of, what, 20%? I'm a government teacher. I'm not a math teacher. I think that would be 20%. So correct me if I'm wrong. If you're a math teacher and you're listening, let me know if I made a mistake there. So maybe 18 minutes is the magic number on getting the games played with a little bit more time. Maybe they maybe they increase the number of players in the interchange during a game. You know, if we're going to be playing X amount of extra games, do they allow more players to participate in each game. I don't know. These are kinds of things that they're going to have to talk about and decide as they go into the uh, the trade period and the uh, the summer months. So we'll see what happens there. Now, I want to get into my tips for this round, and there's only four games. And, uh, you know, we're down to the nitty-gritty. We've got eight teams left. We'll have six teams left after this round. Okay? So the first game this weekend, we've got Geelong and Port Adelaide. And I've got Geelong winning this one by eight points. Okay, I, I highly doubt this game is going to be anything reminiscent of the 60-point demolition that the Cats had in Port Adelaide back in round 12. I don't think that's going to happen. Both the teams are healthy. Uh, the only real injury that's out there that's somebody that's questionable is uh, Mitch Georgiades, uh from Port is listed as questionable uh, for Thursday night. And that's, that's what I saw on Roto-Wire today that he's still listed as questionable. I did not see Reese Stanley's name mentioned there. So maybe Reese Stanley is, is healthy now and can come back in and reassume his role in the ruck for the Cats this week. I think they need him. I think that Asava Radigalia did an admirable, admirable job in the ruck. Maybe he's the ruck of the future. Maybe that ends up becoming his focus. And that's what he decides to continue doing. And he becomes maybe a uh, someone, you know, in terms of the skill set, somebody like, you know, Nick Nat, who does what he does in the Rook and, and focuses on that sort of thing. Okay. We'll have to see. Um, you know, the Cats, like I said, they're healthy. They've got, uh, they've got their veterans back in the lineup. You know, Gary Ablett's back in. He looked like Gary Ablett a couple of weeks ago against the Swans. Now, the rest of the club didn't exactly look like Geelong, but Gary Ablett certainly looked like Gary Ablett. And they squeaked out a, you know, a, a what, six-point win against them? 
And I think this is going to be one heck of a matchup. In fact, this is the game I have being the closest of the four. Okay? And uh, you know, I think both teams are going to have to do their best to shut down the other club's main weapon. The Power's going to have to figure out how to, how to contain Tom Hawkins, and the Cats are going to have to figure out how to contain uh, Charlie Dixon. And they did that in the first matchup. They, they basically shut Charlie Dixon down. He did not have a great game, and you could tell he was frustrated. So it's going to be up to the secondary scorers to uh, to be able to put points on the board. Okay, it's going to be uh, it's going to be up to them to be able to score if Dixon and Hawkins are not able to find the goal. If they're blanketed, you're going to have to have people stepping up in order to do that. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, I think it's safe to say that the Cats have the more veteran club. Okay, and maybe that leadership steps up for them and helps to get them to squeak by in this game by eight points. That's what I think is happening. It's going to be a hard-fought victory. I don't think this game's going to be a blowout at all. I like I said, I think it's eight points. I think that's that's where it's going to be. Okay, now the only reason I don't think it's going to be any wider than that is again because they're playing in Port Adelaide. They're playing in front of Port fans. That's definitely going to work to their advantage. Now the saving grace here is, of course, the loser gets to come back and play next week. Okay, that's one of the perks of, play, of being in the top four. Now, the second game of the top four players, or the top four uh, competitors, is Brisbane and Richmond. And I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. I can't believe I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. I have Brisbane winning this one by 16 points. And the reason I made that decision was after I read that it looks like Tom Lynch is not going to be playing this round. And to me, that takes away a huge scoring threat for Richmond. And they're going to have to figure out how to replace that. Okay? Um, are they going to be able to do it? Can Dustin Martin pick up the slack and, 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 and pepper, the, pepper the, the, uh, the goalposts all game long? Sure. Jack, Jack Rewalt absolutely can kick four, five, six goals if he's given the opportunity. Okay, so certainly, certainly they can pick up the slack, but Lynch and Rewald have worked really well as complementary players with one another. That's going to be a tough hole to fill in their lineup. Okay, and you know I think you know the Lions are looking at the opportunity of playing a home grand final, and they're going to do everything they possibly can to get themselves a game closer to hosting that grand final. And I think it happens here. Now again. I, even though I have tipped against Richmond, you cannot count the, the, the premiers out. I mean, it's, you cannot count these guys out until their second loss in these finals. The opponent's team has been sung, and their best player of the game is being interviewed. That's when you can count them out. Because this is, you know, in my half a century of watching sports, this has been one of the most resilient teams I have seen in any sport. They have overcome so many injuries. They have overcome lousy starts to a season. And and I'm going to use a bad Tiger reference here. They've kind of roared back to the front and won the whole darn thing because they've been such a cohesive unit. Now, they've had some distractions this year. The couple of players who were sent home because of their misadventures up in Gold Coast. You've got a couple of injuries. Jack Jack Higgins is still out. They've lost their ruck. Lynch is not going to be playing. Are they going to be able to put enough points on the board this week? 
I don't think so. That's why I tip Brisbane here. Now, of course, if Brisbane can't find the middle two posts like they've had a problem doing this year, you know, their kicking kicking accuracy has not been the best in the competition. But they've been so prolific at kicking that they've been able to score enough goals to win a lot of games and finish number two on the ladder. But they've had plenty of games where they've struggled to kick goals and they've kicked behinds left and right. Pun sort of intended. So I've got Brisbane winning this one by 16 points. The next matchup is Western and St. Kilda. And I've got the Bulldogs winning this one by 12. Now the Bulldogs found some of their magic towards the end of the season. I think they won four out of their last five in order to get an an actual opportunity to play finals. And that fifth game they lost was, I believe, the uh, that battle that uh, that battling back that the Cats had against them, when they fought back from what was it, 39 points down, to come back and win. Um, this is a team that's got a ton of experience. They won the grand final in 2016. Many of those players are still there. Yes, they're a little older, but they have that savvy veteran experience that that I think can work to their advantage. Okay. And, you know, while the Saints are the higher seed, I think the Bulldogs, even though they finished in seventh place, this is, to me, to me, arguably the most dangerous team coming out of the bottom four. Okay? Even more so than, even more so than the, the Eagles. Okay? And, you know, they've got a terrific young rook. They've got one of the best midfielders in the comp. And, and you know, I, I, I think he's, you know, one of the more dynamic yet unassuming forwards in the comp in Mitch Wallace. I, and Mitch Wallace is just so much fun to watch. And I'm and I'm not a Bulldog supporter, but he it, it's like he gets stuff done. And he's like, yeah, I did that. I kicked that goal. I took that mark. Yeah, I, I I I got that handball over to that guy and he just scored. It's it's like nothing phases him. And and to me that to me that's commendable. You know, I I, I lo- and and that's one of the things that that really bothers me about the NFL is that, yes, it's a team sport, just like the AFL is, but so many of those players on the teams in the NFL are the kind of people that it's like, to look at me, look what I did. I have to go out and dance or, you know, do some sort of a theatrical performance after I've made a big play in order to, uh, to make myself noticed. Yeah, I, I, I love... Mitch Wallace's, and I'm going to coin a new word here, unassumedness. I know that's not a word, but it's kind of a word. He's just fun to watch. Not to mention, if you're here in the States listening, he looks like one of the villains in like every other episode of the Rockford Files or Hill Street Blues or something of that nature. He just looks like a TV bad guy. You know, with with the, the curly hair and such, and he, and I'm sure he's a perfectly nice gentleman. He just he just kind of looks like that to me, and I and I've I've kind of joked with that I think with with Frode that he kind of looks that way as well. So I've got the Bulldogs winning this one against the Saints by 12. Now the last game of the weekend is West Coast and Collingwood, and I've got West Coast winning this one by 10 points. Collingwood is starting to get healthy, but they're still missing some key pieces from their 22. And I don't know if they're going to have enough to get past the Eagles. The Eagles are going to be without Elliot Yo, a, a big loss to them. But they should be getting Jeremy McGovern back. Uh, the, the lists were saying that he's probable that I've read online. And, uh, you know, he had that injury scare, I believe it was the last round, where he, he left the game. And the Eagles are going to be playing at home in front of their home fans. Probably a good-sized crowd. 
they've got a healthy Nick Nat Nui. And this is a guy who's going to be facing off against Brody Grundy. And, you know, I, I, Pies fans, I think you will acknowledge this as well. Brody Grundy has looked rather ordinary in the last few rounds. He's not been the dynamic, all-over-the-grounds player that, that, that we've been accustomed to seeing. I don't know if there's some sort of a, a nagging injury that he has or something like that that's not been identified, but he's not looked like himself the last couple of rounds. So I think Nick Nat, uh, with their mat, with their masterful midfield with the uh, with the Eagles, you know, if he's able to you know dominate the hitouts, I think that's going to really work to the Eagles' advantage. But I've got them winning this by ten. Uh, I, mean, I think Collingwood can still score goals. Okay, I absolutely think they can score. And this is going to be one heck of a matchup, I think. All right. And if the Pies are going to win this, and this is not me being a homer here, but I think Mason Cox is really going to have to make a contribution here. He's going to have to have a big game. I don't know if he's going to have to dribble the ball or not, but I think he's going to have to kick a couple of goals, uh, you know, just using his size to his advantage to help draw people away from players like Jordan Ngoi to allow things to open up for them because I'm going to have to pay attention to that guy that's six foot eleven over there because anytime the ball is kicked to him, he's more than likely going to take a mark on it. So I may have to send somebody else over there to ensure he doesn't take that mark. So he's going to have to have a big game. And again, this is not to say the Pies can't win, but I think that the Eagles being able to play home is certainly going to work to their advantage. So there's my tips for the four games this week. You know, we'll see how I do as of Sunday after the games are over, but that's how I see it playing out. Now, we're in the fi- we're heading into the final round in just a couple of days. And I I've, I've put this out there and I'll put this out here again. I'm hoping to hear from some of you and get some of your thoughts on the finals. I'm hoping that some of you will take a moment or two uh, to create some sort of an audio file doing just a little recording on the recording app on your phone and uploading it as like a DM on Twitter at yank underscore on or sending it to me as a yank on at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. What I'd love to hear is your greatest finals memories. Okay, maybe it's you as a fan at the MCG. The first time you went, maybe your grandfather took you or maybe your uncle took you or whatever the case may be. Maybe you got to have a, you know, a, a third meat pie at the final. I, I don't know. I've not had my first yet. They look delicious. I probably don't need to have my first because once I have my first, I'm going to want my fourth. Uh, but, you know, maybe it is uh, you, know, you sitting around the television with your family celebrating after your club won. Or maybe it was a heartbreaking loss that you still think was memorable. Or maybe it was even your your grand final, if you will, as a player when you were playing in uh, your youth leagues as you were growing up. Maybe there's an experience there you'd want to share. I would love to hear it, and I would love to share that with the other listeners on the, on the podcast. Okay, So again, if you would want to send that to me at a yankonthefooty at gmail.com or as a DM at yank underscore on, that would be terrific. I'd love to be able to, to share those. So if you, know, if you do that... Let me know who you are, okay? Let me know where you are. So when I, sh- when I share these, I can introduce you and let, let people know who it is that they're listening to and where they are, okay? So I would love to be able to share that, that information with the other listeners. So if you want to do that, that would be fantastic. Now, also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, in the show notes, there's a little sign-up list uh, to get on the mailing list. I'm up to about 25 people who have signed up. And they get, they're getting the episodes delivered to them 
first before everybody else. Okay, as soon as the episode gets posted online, I copy the link, send it off to them, so they got that episode right away. Okay, if you'd love to sign up for it, that'd be great. Okay, I'd love to add you to the list. Um, I have a uh, I have a young lady who, and I, they haven't been sent to me yet, but she says that she's finalized the graphics that uh, I'm putting together for uh, some merchandise things like T-shirts and stickers and things like that that I'm hoping to be offering here very soon. Uh, I, I honestly, I, I can't wait to wear a, a t-shirt that has the logo of the podcast on there. I, to me, that's just, that's like so cool. Okay. I, I, I think that would be pretty thrilling to be able to do that. So I'm, I'm hoping that to have that stuff ready. And again, if you, if that's something you would ever be interested in, it'll be available to you. So, um, but that's that's hoping going to be that's hoping to be done here fairly soon. Now, ladies and gents, if you've got an idea for a show topic, and I, I mentioned in a recent episode, I had a gentleman from Port Adelaide uh, reach out, and uh, we're going to set something up to talk about the 150th anniversary of the Port Adelaide Power. Uh, but if you've got an idea, you know, send me an email at yankonthefootygmail.com. Send me a note on Twitter. Let me know. Okay, um, I'd love to hear from you. I, I do public address announcing at soccer games and football games at the school where I work. And I this is my last busy week. This is I'm recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, this is my only night this week that I don't have a game. Uh, so I've got two games on Wednesday, one on Thursday, one on Friday, and one on Saturday that I'm announcing or overseeing. And this is my last busy week that I have a couple games here and there for the next like two or three weeks. And then then I'm done for the season uh, in terms of announcing, which is going to allow me then to open up my schedule a little bit more, even with teaching school, to begin to do more interviews and things of that nature, especially those are the kinds of things that I would like to do during the time in which the season is over because I would love to hear from you folks. I'd love to talk to you about the game. I'd love to talk to you about you know the, the draft hopes of, of your club when we get into the trade period and the draft here coming up pretty soon. Okay. So if you got an idea, please shoot me an email, shoot me a DM, okay? Now, don't forget that while you can find this podcast at a yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it at your favorite podcast provider. You're also going to be able to find it at my YouTube channel, which is listed under my name, Craig Wessels. Now that you've listened, I'd love it if you consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It lets me know how I'm doing, lets me know what you like about the show, what I need to work on. Of course, on YouTube, there are opportunities for comments there as well. So where we can interact with one another in the comment section on the YouTube channel, if you choose to go that route as well. But I'd love to hear from you, okay? And, uh, you know, you can reach me, as I said, at yankonthefootygmail.com. Also on Twitter, at yank underscore on. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, at yankonthefooty. Also, before I go, I want to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple of pieces of his music. I'm using Elevation and Backplate. You can reach him at josephmcdade.com slash music. Mr. McDade, thanks again for your uh, your wonderful music. You can find him on Spotify as well. If you haven't done so yet, uh, again, you know, the email list is there if you want to sign up. Ladies and gents, I want to thank you for listening because while we're fans of our clubs, deep down we're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. And we are heading into the nitty-gritty of the season. We're heading into the finals. And who knows, actually, by the time you listen to this, maybe the first game of finals has already been played. I hope I'm right. But, you know, we, we love this game. And it is, and yes, 
you have been, it's your game. You've loved it much longer than I have. And I'm so glad that you're sharing it with me. And I'm so, so glad that you're sharing your ideas and your thoughts about the game with me. Now, for those of you who are in the U.S., three of the four games are being aired on FS2 this week. The Richmond and Brisbane game will be on Fox Soccer Plus. So that's going to be on the on their pay app. Okay? So you won't be able to watch that one unless you have Fox Soccer Plus. Maybe a local bar or restaurant will have that game. But, again, that's at like 540 in the morning. I doubt they'll be open. So, um if you're not watching live, don't forget you know that Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. Again, ladies and gents, thanks so very much for listening. And I ask that you consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. By all means, feel free to share the YouTube link with them as well. If they choose to watch things or listen to things on YouTube, that's a great avenue as well. I would truly appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 51 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. Again, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing the podcast and the YouTube channel with your friends and family. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so very much, and goodbye.